0: Okay, Brucham
1: abam, welcome everyone. Agunar Shabbos Today's learning is dedicated by my dear friends, Doctor Mrs. Mayor Fuchs, Lily Nishmas, Doctor Fuchs's grandmother, Esther Malka Bas Yosef Chaim, whose yardside was the ninth of Tammuz. The Fuchs family um, were the uh, patrons of the series Rakia. So, on this occasion, we wish the Neshama and Aliyah, she be Melitza Yishar for their whole family. We have a lot uh, to learn today with this double Parsha. So, uh, we have four Shurim. Let's begin with uh, the uh, uh, insights, <clears throat> original insights on Parsha's Chukas. You have the Maramakoimas in front of you on the screen. If anybody wants to subscribe to our. Uh, and get them to your inbox. Please message us at office at rabbidg.com. So <coughs> the postik says, Hashem tells Rabbeinu speak to the rock and give to drink to the Jewish people and to their animals. So Rashi says, ve'irachem? Says Rashi, Mikan shachos ha'kadosh baruchu amamaynam shal Yisrael. From here we learn <coughs> that God takes pity on Jewish money. Because Hashem doesn't just want to give to drink to the Jewish people. But He has mercy on Jewish money. Now by the way, that itself is interesting. Maybe we should learn from here that God has mercy on animals. So it seems like it's certainly true. Hashem is racham of al-komasav. But more than Hashem has rachamim on the animal, God has mercy on it. Because it's the property of a Jew. Meaning the more important factor is not the pain of the animal. The more important factor is that it's Jewish property. So, Rashi says, From here we learn that God takes pity on Jewish money. question is, why, why is this the occasion that Hashem chooses to teach the Jewish people that He has mercy on Jewish money? There are many occasions, there are many junctures that Hashem could have taught his mercy on uh, the animals. Why dafka here? So we could explain that Rashi and Pesik Yud uh, in in the subject of Moshe hitting the rock, Rashi is bothered that really was it so terrible that Moshe hit the rock? Wasn't it worse when Moshe said? Hatsoinu vakar Rashi's bothered by. The seeming un- injustice over here, where Moshe Abenu is punished extremely severely for hitting the rock, and elsewhere it seems that Moshe Abenu committed a much more severe sin. I'm Parak Yud Aleph, Pasuk Chaf Bez. The statement was made. <laughs> Which seems like <clears throat> Moshe Rabbeinu saying, "Can you possibly provide food for all of Klal Yisrael?" That seems like a much uh, more severe avera. Moshe Rabbeinu expressing incredul- incredulity regarding uh, Hashem's ability to support the Bnei Yisrael, and here he's punished much more severely than there. So Rashi says, over there it was said privately. So Moshe is not held to great account. But over here where it's publicly, God had no mercy on him. So perhaps we could suggest that Hashem specifically wants to teach in this context that Hashem is merciful. He's chas even on the property of a Jew because Hashem is about to demonstrate that He's not taking mercy even on Moshe Rabbeinu. But, so Hashem wants to show that in general, His mercy extends to such a great extent. Not only is He merciful on the Jewish people, He's even merciful on their money. But where Moshe does an Averah and it's done publicly, then Hashem's mercy does not extend even to Moshe Rabbeinu. Okay. Now, Klai Yisrael is headed, into, headed to the land of Israel, and they have to travel through the land of Mayav. And uh, Excuse me, to the land of Edom. So they send a message to Asaph. So says your brother Israel, let us in. And Klausow sends word with their whole history and the saga of their travails in Egypt. And they say, You know, the Mitzrayim did evil to us and to our fathers. So Rashi says, What do you mean to our fathers? Their fathers were not in Egypt, only we were in Egypt. <clears throat> So Rashi says, from here we see that fathers are distressed when punishment comes to Israel. Rashi says, from here we see that a parent is distressed when their children suffer. Even if the parent is in the grave, the parent is distressed over their children's suffering. So the question is, why do we we learn this lesson out here specifically? Why does the Torah choose specifically this juncture to teach that a parent suffers in the grave from their children's suffering, that a parent feels their child's suffering even when they're in the grave? So it could be that this was a sort of a psychological ploy that the Klaus Yisrael used because they were dealing with Asaph. They knew that Asaph was not observant of the traditions of. Of Abraham, but there's one thing that Esav was concerned with: is kibud avim. So Esav cared about the feelings of his father. So the emphasis here to Esav is, you know, Esav, we really suffered in Egypt, and and you know, in that case, our father Yitzchak, he was suffering when we were suffering. They thought that would be something that would engender a certain rachamim to Esav. That would that would be something that Esav could identify with because of Esau's concern for his father or you know with a little bit of a different angle what um Claudius was saying to Esau is look Esau right now we need to get into the land of Israel and if you're going to make us take a detour and not let us in you should know you're going to you're causing your father suffering meaning that was maybe the message that the Claudius was sending to Esau Esau look we know you don't really care about us but what you do care about your father and you, and you need to know that your father is going to be in pain if we're in pain. Okay. Rashi says something very interesting. Rashi says that Aaron Hakohen died when they were on the border of the land of Edom. It says Rashi, why did Aaron Hakohen die there? It says Rashi, because we were Neschaber and we attached ourselves. To come close to Esav Harasha, because we drew near to Esav, so our actions were breached. We uh, we acted deficiently, and therefore we were we lost Aaron Akayin. meaning Aaron Akayin died because we approached the B'nai Esav. Let me ask you one simple question: Really, we became friendly with Esav when we asked Esav if we if we could go through his land? Does anybody know Esav's? reaction Esav said Esav said don't you dare walk through our land I'm going to cut off your head Esav said and then when Israel made an attempt they came out to war so it's not like we became uh, we, uh, fr- it's not like we uh, became friendly with Esav it's not like we rubbed shoulders with Esav the closest we got is they wanted to cut off our heads so what kind of his chabros was there between Kali Yisrael and Esav? Esav came out to attack us. So I would humbly suggest that there was one act that perhaps drew the Kali Yisrael a little bit too close to uh, Esav and that caused a, um, a bad influence. And that is, we said... When we sent a message to Esav, we said, So says your brother Israel. What we were trying to do is we were trying to appeal to Esav's sense of loyalty, because we're family. But the fact that we use the expression, So says your brother Israel, saying those words, your brother, engendered too much of a closeness between, in our minds, in our feelings toward Esav. And because of that, uh, we drew too close to them and it caused the death of Aaron HaKoyin because it influenced our behavior. Even merely to use an expression that denotes friendship between a person and a Russia, that, uh, that itself has an impact on a person. Okay, here's our final offering on Parshas Chukas. Here we go. Um, the pasuk says, mayav Basically, let's get the history. The history was there was a city called Cheshbain, and originally Cheshbain belonged to Mayav. <clears throat> Now Klal Yisrael were warned not to distress Mayav, not to attack Mayav because of who was destined to come from Mayav. But ultimately, Klal Yisrael conquered the city of Cheshbon, which was a Moabite city. How did we do it? We did it because Sichon from Amori attacked Cheshbon. Once Sichon conquered the city, it purified it, then now we were able to conquer the city. <clears throat> so Rashi says, um, and and I believe, friends, that this is a classic example of Hakalish Hu utilizing our enemies, not only thwarting their plans, not only being Heifarta Satzasam, but Kelkaltas This is a classic example of Hakalish Barchu utilizing the enemy to bring about the desired results for the Jewish people. How so? How did Sichain conquered Mayav. Sichain hired Bilam. Rashi says, and Bilam cursed Mayav. And when Bilam cursed Mayav, Mayav fell. Sichain conquered it. And now that Sichain conquered it, Klal was able to conquer it. So look how Hakadosh Baruch Hu hijacks our enemy to bring about salvation for the Jewish people. This was a major a fortified city. This was a city nobody could conquer. And not only were we not able to conquer it, we weren't allowed to conquer it because it was a Moabite city. So what does Hashem do? He takes the biggest anti-Semite. He takes the biggest Sine Yisrael. He has Sichain hire Bilam to conquer Cheshvayn. Now Sichain hires um now, Sichain conquers Khezbain. Now, Klael Yisrael could come along and take away Khezbain from Sichain. So, who do we have to thank for the fact that Khezbain is in our domain? Our good friend Bilam. Because Bilam hired himself out to, to curse Mayav, now Khezbain is a Jewish city. That's a beautiful example of what we call Al Ha'ez Asher Heichin Tana Loy Heichin. Okay, that's um, some. Ha alright, some uh, insights onto Parsha's Chukas.